Yo, 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 what up, fam? I'm your host, Destiny, and you're tuning in to Who We Are Podcast, where each week we dive into the truth and dig deep to uncover the details of who God says we are and what we can do to overcome the labels that try to replace our identity. This podcast was made to encourage, empower, and engage every generation. So if you like what you hear today, please comment, like, subscribe, and share to spread the word. It takes like 20 seconds, but could impact someone for a lifetime. Now listen up, Linda. What you feel is not who you are, okay? I started this podcast as an act of faith and out of obedience. I don't know how many people it reaches. I hope to one day that it would reach thousands, but even if it doesn't, and the only person that ends up listening to it is me, this is something I needed to do out of obedience. And that's okay, because I speak these words not just for you, but for me. Just this morning, as I got ready for the day and I opened up my Bible to start reading the Word of God, I could already feel these far-off monsters in like whisperings of fear of you're inadequate, you won't do it, you'll be unsuccessful, it's not going to go anywhere, knocking on my door trying to intimidate me, to make me fall back into fear and not go through with recording this episode, to just throw a towel in and go back into the shadows of my life. Except as a follower of Jesus, I don't live in darkness. If you're a follower of Jesus, you aren't living in darkness either. We live in the light of life. And I was tempted to please my flesh rather than please God, which is exactly what John 3, 19 through 20 talks about. This is the crisis we're in. God light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Their fears outweighed their faith, that is, even if they had any. The what-ifs of failure tried to creep into my mind so often and invade my thoughts. Comparison tried to play its game at making me feel inadequate, but here's the truth. When you know who you are, it doesn't matter what you are not. When I know who I am in Christ, it doesn't matter that I'm not the next this, that, or the other. Because it doesn't matter that I'm not the best of the best in the world's eyes. Because I'm being me. I'm being obedient. I'm the perfectly flawed and fully loved by God person that he's called me to be. And he has placed inside of you, he's placed inside of me, a calling. God has a wonderful, sovereign calling on your life. That he's given you and no one else that he wants you to fulfill. But if you're going to be disobedient and you're not going to do it and you're not going to fulfill that calling, he will find someone else to complete the task that he has ahead for for that purpose and that season in life. But he wants to use you and bless you with that calling because there would be blessings that come out of that calling. Listen to me. You're not your mistakes. Jesus has already came, became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, for your sins. Does that mean we grow on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. If you want to know more about what I mean by that, check out Romans 6. But it does mean we fall short. And we will every single day because we're human. We're flawed human beings. But he is ready to forgive us of our sins if we repent. Think of that blessing alone. Like, okay, so the other day I was talking to a friend and we just got talking about Hebrews and whatnot. And we started doing, like, the math of how many animals they would have to sacrifice at their Passover meal just alone. But how many animals, like, one person in their lifetime would have to sacrifice for every time they sinned. And even after they sacrificed and brought it to the temple and the priest sacrificed and whatnot, they were still with this left burden of guilt because it was incomplete because Jesus hasn't came to complete the covenant. It was an incomplete thing in a sense. But it was just a band-aid for the ultimate healing to come later on. And... God in his mercy sent his son so we wouldn't have to continue on with that animal killing spree, but so that he could make us complete as well because he became the new covenant. 
that doesn't mean the rules and the commands that he's given them go away. No, he just came to fulfill it. And it's so cool to think of that blessing alone that we, in 2020, don't have to go sacrifice an animal every time we lie to our parents or have pride in our hearts or do anything else that is not God-honoring or God-fearing. You're not your mistakes. You're not your GPA. You're not your parents' expectations or your own personal expectations. You're not your career, your number of followers on social media, the vehicle you drive, or the clothes you wear. And like I said, you are not your sin. You're not stupid. You're not dumb. You're not incomplete. You're lacking no good thing if you're seeking the Lord. You are a child radically loved by God, and he is the only one that gets to define you. God's word above everything else. Not the world, not social media, not yourself. In Christ, you are enough. You are chosen, you are worthy, you are loved. Fill in the blank with what God says you are. And I don't think you're going to find anywhere in the Bible that it says God called you stupid. He probably thinks we're stupid sometimes because as human beings we do a lot of stupid things, but he never calls you that. So if you're thinking of yourself today that I'm stupid and I'm not smart enough and I don't have the talent, you need to stop being so negative and start getting in the Bible. Because the Bible is the bread of truth meant to be eaten every single day and not a cake for special occasions. You are loved by God. Get that in your brain right now. Because you cannot properly learn to love yourself or love anyone else if you don't realize that your creator loves you first. That's why he made you. That's why he sent his son so he could save you. That's why he shed his blood that's why he shed this, his son's blood on the cross and filled you with his spirit. That's why he gave you a calling. You don't need approval from anyone else. God didn't get stuck with you. He chose you. You weren't a white elephant gift. God picked you knowing your faults and the skeletons in your closet. And he's never been disgusted or surprised or shocked by anything that you've done or will do. And that means the good news for us is that we can choose to take our masks off. It's scary. And you might have been wearing a mask for so long you've forgotten what you look like. But let me tell you what it looks like. It looks like freedom. Because you have been broken from the chains of slavery and you have become free in the chains of righteousness. You now wear the golden chains of righteousness around your neck as a believer. And when you're a believer of God, Romans 8, 15-17 says, This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's an eventually expectant greeting from God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are. Father and children, we become free, we become adopted, adopted as sons. When you have been freed from the slavery of sin and slavery to sin, you are free in Christ. Because when you are a slave to sin, that is your identity. To be a slave to sin means, in the end, to fall back in fear. The spirit of slavery does not refer to a specific thing, but rather it implies the controlling, animating power of one's life. Think right now. Like, just take a second and think right now about all the people you know who are living in fear. The same people who just months ago, as strangers would smile at you at the store and say hello and talk to you, are now afraid if you come closer to them than six feet. I know people who have not left their house since March out of fear. They are living in so much fear, it consumes them. P 
people don't do so many things in life out of fear. They don't ask that person out. They don't take that class. They don't pursue the life that they want and that they love and that God's called them to live and placed on them because of fear. But let me tell you what's stronger than fear. Hope. God's hope. Hope in Christ Jesus is so much stronger than fear. And his perfect love casts out fear. So many fear living people are living today in America. Fear has become the ruler of so many hearts across the world because we are they aren't living and walking in God's perfect love. Because like I said, perfect love casts out fear. I'm not saying be reckless. I'm saying let God's peace rule your heart. When you accept Christ, you become an heir. You become an heir adopted fully into his family. I feel so many people in our culture, especially today, want the glory without suffering. They don't want to give up their worldly things or go through hard times, yet they want the inheritance. Which, I mean, at first glance, could you hardly blame them? Why would anyone want to go through trials of suffering? What child wants to be disciplined? But the Bible clearly says, All believers are heirs with Christ, and all believers are also heirs to suffering. One of the distinguishing marks of every child of God is that we share in the suffering of Christ in this lifetime. This utterly destroys the prosperity gospel and any teaching that claims our suffering is because we don't have enough faith. That is the cost of discipleship. There is a difference between suffering for Christ and suffering because you've had because of your bad decisions. Let me make this clear. There is a difference between suffering for Christ and suffering because of your bad decisions or your negative mindset of woe is me, woe is me, my life is terrible, my life is horrible. If you look for orange cars, you're going to find orange cars. If you look for hard times and troubles and the bad things in your day, you're going to find bad things in your day. It's a common sense. Your mind and your thoughts attract what you're going to see in your life. Your words are the forerunners of your life. That is why God says to speak life into yourselves, to think of things that are pure, lovely, good, chosen, things above everything on this earth, but to think of heavenly things because he knows the power of words. He knows the power of your mind. That is why the first thing the devil attacks is your mind. He doesn't go for worldly things. No, he attacks your mind because if he can break your mental solitude, then he can break everything else in your life because God clearly says, have a sound mind. Have a heart of discipline because God knows that everything flows through your mind and heart. And the heart is wicked and that's why you need to train it in righteousness. Okay? So make that very clear that there is a difference between suffering for Christ and suffering because of your bad decisions. In these times of suffering and seasons of trials, we are often faced with the monsters of negative thoughts and emotions that try to mask or replace our identity as a child of God. When you are weak and you are tired and you are going through this trial, think of when Jesus was out in the wilderness fasting. After those 40 days, the devil instantly started tempting him. Hey, have some bread. Have some food. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. Because Jesus, I'm not going to say Jesus was weak, but in human form, you know, he hasn't eaten for 40 days. That does a lot on a person's body, you know? So he started he started quoting scripture to Jesus of like, hey, doesn't it say this, doesn't it say that? Trying to trip him up. 
Jesus combated him with scripture as well. The devil knows the Bible. The devil probably knows the Bible better than me, sadly, and that's something I need to continue to work on reading my Bible every day. But Jesus knew the truth, and he filled his mind with the truth. You know, he thought of things that were pure, that are lovely, and he quoted back the scripture fully and in pure truth, not twisting anything, because the devil likes to twist. And when these negative thoughts and emotions try to mask or replace our identity as a child of God, if we let them, it's when we start to feel overwhelmed and tired and depressed, and it's almost as if we feel numb to God. We have these monstrous labels knocking at our door asking to be let in. But it, and it's in these moments that if we let them in and whatnot, we don't feel loved, we don't feel worthy, we don't feel chosen or called or redeemed. But it's in these moments that we need to cling to the truth more than ever. Because what you feel is not who you are. What you feel is not who he says you are. What you feel is not who he's called you to be. You need to be making sure that you are getting that very clear in your mind. Especially since this is a society that is run by their emotions of, oh, that looks good, I'm going to get it because it's a short-term satisfaction. Or, oh, I want that cookie, I want that donut, short-term satisfaction because we aren't looking at the long-term satisfaction. The long-term satisfaction of Christ. That is why we need to be renewing our minds every single day of the truth. Every time you read a passage of scripture, you could read the same chapter every single day out of one of the books in the Bible, and God would show you something new every single day because it's the living, breathing word of God. Cling to his truth. Cling to the truths that he says you are. I challenge you this today. Get out a piece of paper, get out a pen, and find five Bible scriptures about who God has called you to be if you are an heir. If you're an heir to God, start reading of what he says and calls you to be and what he has called you and chosen you already. So when the next time you are feeling unloved or unworthy or unchosen, that you don't feel that you're redeemed, that you don't feel that you're called to something great, you have those scriptures to fall back on and to combat the lies and the whispers of these monstrous labels of the enemy. Because what you feel is not who he says you are. Thank you for tuning into this week's podcast episode of Who We Are. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, and share. Peace out, Girl Scouts.